Welcome to an episode of Find Your Voice, a movement led by yours truly, Aaron Dew, a guy who has overcome crippling anxiety, adversity, and difficulty like so many of you in life, whose main goal now is to help you combat your excuses, take control of your life, write your own story, and most importantly, find your voice. So now, without further ado, I welcome the host of the show himself, Mr. Aaron Dew. What's going on, people? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Voice. My name is Aaron, and as always, I am the host of the show. So recently, I've been getting quite a few requests to discuss this topic that I'm going to be speaking to you about today, overwhelm. Because I suppose when you see people on Instagram and they're doing weird and wonderful things almost 24 hours a day, you, you start to think, how on earth are they managing to keep that going? Now again, I've spoken about all this previously in relation to Instagram or Facebook being a kind of highlight reel. So don't always take everything on 100% face value. The likelihood is there are also some bad moments and a lot of failures along the way. And one of my failures, I suppose, or should I call it learning experiences, was my anxiety. And as many of you now know, because the intro reminds us every single time, Anxiety was something that really did cripple me for the best part of 30 odd years and it's not something that I could say I've actually completely got rid of. So one of the key drivers behind my anxiety was definitely overwhelm and it was something that when it happened it would come from nowhere and it would consume me in that moment and almost paralyse me into doing anything. Now obviously through learning and working on a lot of self-development I'm able to now kind of at least mitigate the impact of it but also just try and have a few hacks that will basically make me at least seem like a normal functioning human afterwards. So I think it's important that obviously I give you some of the causes as to why some of us may feel overwhelmed but more importantly just before I begin what I want to do is just put my cards on the table because some of you out there might be a bit embarrassed to speak about the things that you're overwhelmed about so I figured if I kind of embarrass myself right here right now on this podcast and then hopefully as a result of that you won't feel as embarrassed or as shy to share your views as well because I do believe that sometimes when we share our anxieties especially with the people close to us they become more sympathetic and they become more understanding of our situations so one of the things that I used to get anxious about was not responding to messages quick enough. Now this could be a text message, it could be a WhatsApp or it could be an email. The level of anxiety when I send my phone bleep and if in that moment I couldn't respond because I was eating or I was watching something with the missus or whatever it was, it would almost consume me and make me very anxious. Especially when I used to drive as well. It's the worst thing in the world when you hear your text go off in the car and you're thinking, shit, I need to respond. Especially as an anxious wreck like myself. The second one was being late and I remember this even as a young kid where my auntie used to take me and my cousin sister to school and she'd always be late and I would be standing there with my bags ready for school almost getting into this unbelievable uncontrollable mess and I'd be stressing in case I got told off by the teacher who would then tell my parents and then I'd get in trouble from them. So I used to have all these scenarios play out in my head and as far as I can remember I don't think I ever actually got in trouble but yeah being late is it's one of the things that I really struggle with and it's probably why one of my pet peeves is people actually being late. The third one was my anticipation of dogs. So growing up I had a massive fear of dogs having been chased by one on a holiday in Canada. So I would almost make up this scenario that every house I was going to go and visit or every house that I would cross 
or what street I would turn down, there would just randomly be a dog there. And then that would obviously cripple me and make me feel like a nervous rep, to be honest. And it'd elevate my heart rate, it'd make me sweaty for no reason. And it would just make that day unbearable, at least until I realised that most of the houses I went to never had dogs. And then the final one was always just being anxious for no apparent reason. I would wake up, I'd be in an absolute funk, I'd be feeling overwhelmed by stuff and it was just so difficult to really understand why I was feeling this way. So that's me, that's my cards on the table. Hopefully that makes you guys feel a little bit better because I can't imagine you having anything as uh, embarrassing as that. So to move this forward, what I want to do in this episode is to give you guys tips. I want to give you guys tips that I use personally and tips from other experts as well in the world to basically make sure that you're not consuming yourself and wasting energy on stuff that doesn't, one, matter, but two, stops you from doing the things that you need to be doing to make yourself happy and fulfilled. So let's begin by thinking of the common causes behind overwhelm and stress. I think the first one is expectation. And this is probably one of the main number one sources for stress and overwhelm across the world, if I'm completely honest with you, is trying to satisfy that expectation that we place unnecessarily, not just on ourselves, but also on others as well. So sometimes we're expecting people to adhere to our way, and that's not always the case, but sometimes we also expect too much of ourselves as well. So number one is expectation. Moving on to number two is when you take on too much. Now, if you're anything like me and you follow me on Instagram or through my social media activities, I'm trying to do a bit of everything. And there are times when everything's going fine, but then there are also times when I do burn out and I do still struggle with overwhelm. I'm here trying to make a social enterprise for mental health. I'm working on my podcast. I'm working on my personal brand. I'm working with clients. I do a little bit of personal training here and there. I try and work out myself. I have a property business as well and so much more. So it can become daunting, especially when you have friends and family and just other things that you want to be doing on a daily basis. So that's something that I would certainly make sure that you're not trying to take on too much and you're not trying to solve all the world problems all at once. Another one, a little bit similar to expectations, but it's about putting pressure on yourself. And if you're anything like me, I always kind of have this voice in my head and it just kind of highlights all of the things that I've done wrong. In fact, that's pretty much all it was doing at one point in time. So if I wasn't eating well enough, if I wasn't working out well enough, or if I wasn't working as hard as I should have on that day, I would almost belittle myself and my self-worth and my value would almost decrease day by day. And what I realized was that I was just trying my best, as we all are. We all kind of go through life and we try our best with whatever resources we have available. But in that moment, I could be working absolutely fine for six days, 16 hours a day. And then if I choose to have a day off, I was putting this pressure on myself that one, I needed to get to my goals a lot quicker. And two, that I just wasn't worthy of that time off. And boy, was that a roller coaster of emotions and again, overwhelm and just unnecessary stress. So if that's you, make sure you take off that pressure. There is a thing called escapism and it's something that I've started to do recently and just try and reflect back and think, what are the things that make me happy? Is it really going to make me that much happier if I end up burning out and then all of a sudden I can't work for X amount of days just for the sake of working that Sunday? It just might not be. And the next one is perfectionism. So I had this 
almost like um, a proud badge of honor that I was a perfectionist. And I suppose it was one of the things I used to use in interviews as a sort of when they used to ask the question, what is your weakness? Because it's one of those you can kind of turn it around. But being a perfectionist actually sabotaged a lot of my progress, especially in my early years. Whereas now, if you follow me again on any of my social media outlets, I just kind of say what I want to say and it's out there. And I make a lot of spelling mistakes. I make a lot of editing mistakes, even on my podcast. There's a couple of podcasts, I'm not sure if you've heard previously, where some of the sound is a little bit uh, mumbo jumbo. And um, yeah, it's just kind of that whole analogy of let's not try and be perfect now. Let's just try and move forward 1% a day. And that certainly helps me rather than trying to make sure everything's perfect. Because let's be honest, Nobody is perfect for a start and you're never going to be perfect without trying in the first place. So the best way to do it is by taking a swing of the bat day after day, day after day, putting in those reps and over time you'll start to perfect your craft. You still probably won't be perfect, but it certainly does take that pressure off you. Next up, we have control. Now, this is one that I'm sure many of you can relate with. But if you're anything like me, I'm a little bit of a control freak. So I like to do a lot of things myself, hence why I'm kind of I suppose overworking and when it comes to outsourcing it's very difficult for me to kind of hand over the control and that's not to say I'm the greatest at what I do because there are people who can do so many other things I do on a daily basis so much better but it's just handing over that control that initial bit of saying here you go that's something I really struggle with and and I'm pretty sure many of you listening today can obviously relate to that as well. So that's basically five I suppose, ingredients as to why people generally feel stressed and overwhelmed. Okay, so now that you know what the causes are for anxiety and overwhelm, what I'm going to now give you is just some tips and tricks on things that you can do. Now, this list is compiled not just through the things that I do, but it's also compiled from a lot of research that I've been doing over the years as well, because I'm very, very passionate about personal development. None of us are perfect, and it's all about trying to be better each time. So through the books that I've read and through my own experiences, I've just collated a list. Now, I think there's about 10 or 15, so hopefully it won't keep you for too long. But what I would recommend is that after this show, maybe if you just make a few notes, because if some of you are driving right now you might not be able to recognize all of these and then maybe just try one or two of them every time you may feel a sense of overwhelm in your life okay so the first one is meditation or just taking a moment to be still now the reason I say taking a moment to be still is because I don't actually meditate but I know the benefits of it from people who do meditate but one of the things that I've started to do is just try and be present in that moment now you're probably thinking this is a little bit counterintuitive because on one end of the scale, I have all of these things that I need to do because the world's going to end if I don't do them. But on the other side, you're telling me to just take a break. Yes, I'm telling you to take a break. And I'm telling you to take a break for a simple reason that you need to start to think logically. You need to start thinking with a clear head. And you're not going to do that in this mumbo jumbo fashion where you're trying to do everything all at once. Because let's face it, nobody can multitask. Our brains are wired in a way that we actually just switch between tasks. So it's almost like a web browser where you're switching between tabs. Yes, you can move on to different tabs, but you're going to lose a sense of flow because you're going to have to find out where you were the last time you were looking at that web page and it just doesn't work. So what you ideally want to do is focus and you only want to focus on one thing at, at you only want to focus on one thing at any one time. So anyway, back to the point. You want to be still and you want to be present and a very quick way you can do this is literally by taking notice of exactly where you are. So as I sit here now recording this, 
I am sitting on my sofa, I have one leg crossed and one leg on the floor. That's quite an unusual position, but I can feel my feet on the floor, so it gives me that sense of touch. I can feel my forearm on my left thigh, and I can feel my lips are pretty dry as well because it was a bit of a crazy weekend. So what I've actually just done there in that very quick moment is just make myself present in relation to my surroundings. By doing that, it reduces your stress and your anxiety as well. And it just brings your heart rate down ever so little. Number two, try and tick off something straight away, something off your list. And this is why a lot of people make the bed or they work out very quickly in the morning or they have a pint of water or they have their vitamins first thing in the day. And it's actually one of the few things that I do as well. So all those little things are a little points that I do in the day because you kind of feel like you've achieved something almost instantly. So yes, it might not be the highest priority thing, but just ticking off those few things certainly reduces that incredible, monumental, made up by the way, uh, list of things in your head that you can't physically do in one day. Because let's be honest, the list that we make in our heads, it's almost made out to be a lot more difficult and a lot more time consuming than it actually is. The next one is postpone anything that doesn't matter. So this is something that you can actually adopt Eisenhower's urgent and important principle. Now again, just simply Google this and what it is, it's basically four quadrants. And in those scenarios, you have the first one being important and urgent. The next one, important but not urgent. Then you have not important but urgent. And then you have not important and not urgent. Now, obviously, if you listen to this on a podcast, it's a hell of a lot easier to go and have a look at what it looks like. And the reason you want to do this is because what you want to focus on is compiling these to-do lists, compiling all these tasks that are overwhelming you and making you feel like you need to almost do them instantly and start to place them in their right boxes. For example, something like doing the hoover in your house or speaking to a potential lead. Now, if you're an entrepreneur or you're starting your business, In my personal opinion, it's a lot more important for you to go and try and get leads as opposed to doing the hoover. Now, you could be procrastinating by doing the hoover and trying to work away from it, but you really want to focus on what are the things that move you forward, one, in terms of your happiness and your fulfillment, but two, in terms of producing income for you. So try and do this exercise. It'll take you 10, 15 minutes, but you can really start to understand the kind of things that you're placing into each different quadrant. Now, I will say in relation to this is when you have something that is important, but it's not urgent, just be mindful that one day it will become urgent. So if you don't do it at some stage, it's going to creep up and it's going to come into that to-do list that's going to instantly overwhelm you so make sure that list isn't too big because obviously as life comes on we start adding more and more things to our life and then when that hits you at the same time here comes the overwhelm next one we have is set realistic goals i've been very fortunate to work with certain people now who i'm now trying to coach and help them move forward in their lives and i am all for being optimistic i am all for grant cardone's theory of 10x and trying to be the best and really trying to put yourself out there and make a difference not only to yourselves but to society but let's be honest if you've come from a place where you've not made any money and then all of a sudden you want to make 10 million pounds in the next 12 months it's very unlikely now i'm not here to say it's impossible because that's not really the premise of this show but what i'm here to say is and one of the things that i want to do in in this show is to look after your well-being and your mental and physical state so it would be foolish of me to say yeah just write 10 million and all of a sudden you're going to achieve 10 million because 
the fact of the matter is, unless you're one of the top one or two percent entrepreneurs in the world, it's probably going to be very unlikely that you're going to be able to facilitate a business to make that kind of money straight away. But have realistic goals. Have realistic goals that you will have maybe replaced your income, for example, or you would have made half a million pounds, one million pounds. Listen, the fact of the matter is it just needs to be realistic based on your resources, your skill set, the time you have available and the actual market itself. So um, make sure you have a real think, a realistic think, but at the same time, do stretch yourself as well. Don't go out there and say, I want to make £1,000 a month when really that's pretty easy, especially if you work hard enough and you do the right things. Next up, lean on people and delegate. Now, this is again going back to the kind of the Hoover example that I use. So, for example, I don't like doing the housework. And when I do the housework, for me, it kind of stops my flow. I almost get overwhelmed and stressed at the feeling that I have to do it. So, initially, what I used to do was uh, hire someone. I used to pay someone £8 an hour. She used to come in, bless her heart, and she used to do all the tasks that I didn't want to do. Now, it was then my duty to make sure that I was bringing in income or producing something that in the future would bring in income that would be more than eight pounds an hour and that is basically leverage so for example back six or seven years ago i was personal training and i was charging about 35 pounds an hour so for me it was better for me to just go and get myself another client rather than walking around the house for an hour trying to tidy up whereas i could just pay someone eight pounds an hour so value your time and lean on people or delegate so Pull on your resources. Look at who's in your network that you can work with and who you can help. And not only that, it helps you in return. So number seven, this is changing your energy. Now, it's really important that you get used to changing energy. And one of the things I preach on my fitness channels is about being healthy and going to the gym and staying active because energy creates energy. Now, this might sound really crazy, but it does. So have you ever had those days where you're just sitting around all day, you're not even hungover and you've just been watching TV, you've almost watched a whole season of Netflix and all of a sudden you're just feeling absolutely lethargic. That's because you're not creating any energy. So in moments of overwhelm or when you're getting overly stressed, one of the things you want to do is change your state. Now Tony Robbins does this better than anyone and you'll see him jumping around on stage and I'm not necessarily saying if you're in the workplace or you're out in public that you need to just start jumping up and down on the spot, although that would be pretty funny and if you do do it, make sure you tag me in on social media while you're doing it. But something as simple as doing a couple of press-ups, doing a couple of squats, taking a walk, taking a jog, something that will just literally move you from where you are now, create some level of energy. And just by doing that alone, it will start to relieve you of tension. It will release endorphins and it will, over time, start to make you feel less overwhelmed. So you're probably seeing me now work out twice a day. And the reason I do that is because, firstly, I like to put a win in my daily diary as soon as I wake up because then I know if shit hits the fan and it's a very very difficult day full full of obstacles and problems I've still done something to benefit my health and then the second one normally comes after about lunchtime once I've had half of the day of work and then I just want to kind of think creatively so then I go for a second exercise session and just by doing that one I release my stress I get to listen to some music sometimes I have the occasional podcast on but then as soon as I come back from that I'm feeling refreshed and I'm feeling creative again and finally number eight this is where I'm going to leave it guys I could talk about this for ages if you did find this useful and you want me to kind of do a part two because I've got like another 20 points here please do let me know but the final one I'm going to go is just to remember in the grand scheme of things 
being stressed out about whatever it is, whether it's doing the laundry, whether it's one deadline, for example, or whether it's making sure the dishes are washed, is it really that important? Now, I know, obviously, when we're in a state of overwhelm, it's very difficult to think logically. I fully appreciate that. But if you can just sit there, maybe make yourself present, as I mentioned before, maybe change your state as soon as you've done that, and then just sit there and think, okay, I'm getting overwhelmed because I have X, Y, and Z to do, and then think, how important are these? If, God forbid, I wasn't able to do it by tomorrow or the day after, would my life be over? And you'll probably realise your life isn't going to be over. And again, this probably comes down to all the pressures that you put on yourself, the expectations, and it's just about being more mindful in the moment. So hopefully you found this useful. Again, I really do enjoy these kind of single solo episodes because I feel I'm able to obviously give you guys tips on what has actually made me better. And again, The whole premise of Find Your Voice is about overcoming our adversity, overcoming our pain and trying to find ways to move forward to not only feel happier, more fulfilled, but then be able to give back into the world. So guys, as always, I do thank you so much for your time. I thank you all for the reviews. Again, we're starting to pick up some more reviews as well. If you follow me on social media, actually, and that's probably the last time I'm going to say that today, is I am offering a free gym plan for four weeks and I'll have dietary advice as well. It's going to be absolutely free. I usually charge £70 for it, but it's just going to be in relation to if you can give us a review, maybe share it on social media, tag me in so I know who you are. Then what I'll do is I'll get your email address and I'll personally send you this free diet plan. So uh, the way I'm selling it at the minute is one, you'll be doing me a massive favor by helping expand this movement, getting more people to follow, find your voice, more people to change their lives and not become victims and like I said on the last episode, start to become a victor of the life and really take control of it. But two, you'll also look great naked. So on that note, I'm going to leave it there and I hope you all have an incredible week. And as always, thanks for listening. And remember, this podcast is absolutely free. So all we ask in return is for you to share this with a friend and drop us a five-star review over on iTunes. Have an awesome day.